This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. Last week, my two close friends and I went fishing on the Blackfoot. It was a beautiful day. Fall was definitely in the air as leaves were starting to turn from green to yellow. All of us were able to catch some beautiful rainbows. But the time sharing stories and laughing will be what I remember the most about that day. But what if that day never happened? What if I forgot or disremembered that special moment? My next guest had that very experience, and I can't wait to share his story and about fly fishing. Thank you for joining me today on the February Room, Chris Hansen. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. And like I said, this is an incredible story that there's a documentary that we will get to that you created a video, um, and it's one of the most heartwarming stories that you think, what would you do if you disremembered? And that's exactly what happened to you. And before we get into the disrem- um, how the day I disremembered, um, let's hear a fishing story from you. Cause I know that is something that you hold um, that's very important to your lifestyle. Yes. A fishing story. Well, I think, I think the one, I think the one that I think about uh, a lot, you know, it's, kind of like the one that got away, which is the one that kind of plagues you is, uh, which is kind of funny considering, um, you know, all the different times you catch, uh, 
amazing fish and kind of what leads up to it. But I was fishing with um, Matt McCann in uh, Ridgeway on uh, the Uncompadre. And there was a really big rainbow. Like, uh, it would have definitely been the biggest I, I've ever landed. And it was, uh, it came out from the bank, this undercut. And um, for people that know Matt, he's up on this ladder uh, looking down and I'm in the river casting. And uh, because it's just barely out from the undercut, I have to cast way up so the flies swing um, under the undercut because it's just, the fish is just on the edge. So I'm casting up there and it's just, it's not there. And then, you know, I make this cast and I'm, I, I'm like, I think that this is it. And, you know, Matt even says, this is it. And the flies come swinging under the bank. Um, he eats, I hook up and the, it sat, it was, it was big, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, I don't know, it was probably 30 plus inches and I lying tight and it sat there, shook its head and Matt comes running out and it goes to the surface. It's splashing and I'm trying to hold on. He's running out there to net it. And then the thing just takes off under the bank and breaks off. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. On the, you know, roots and stuff. And it was just like, Oh man, it was super exciting. It was such a bummer. And I, I think about that fish off and on. And don't you always think that like it's your you were the problem on it? Like it's oh, not yeah. the fact that maybe the fish actually really was able to like get off get the hook off it. Is you're like, why didn't I keep my line tight? Like maybe if I went to this side, like you always play on ways that you could have saved it. But sometimes it's like that's just the way it goes. Like sometimes the fish wins. Yeah, I it, I'll never forget the first time I went fly fishing and it was on a guided trip and um i i caught a bunch of fi- well caught a few fish and i lost a really nice one i don't you know i just know at the time it seemed really big and um and i asked the guy you know so it was a hookup i'm fighting this thing it got away from me line you know it's just taken off i don't know what i'm doing and and i said oh man what did i do wrong and he's like you didn't i mean you didn't do anything wrong he said a lot of people go fly fishing the first time and they land a like a big fish and it's pure luck. I mean, just everything aligns, they, they, they catch this fish. And he said, if you want to consistently land fish like this, you have to spend time on the water. And so that, that really resonated with me, you know, time on the water, this, you know, if you, if you want to land fish like that consistently, um, you, you have to be out there and you have to be learning. You have to be, um, you know, trial and error and losing those fish. And, um, yeah, so I, I never forgot that. Yeah, that is so true. And it's so funny because you said your first guided trip because talking about your documentary, The Day I Disremembered, um, I had to laugh that you were even late to showing up for your guided trip because you didn't want to go. You were like, this isn't why I, I don't want to go fly fishing. And I think it's so interesting that um, that day kind of changed your life as well. Um, I think we need to kind of go into what made you decide to go into or your wife got that for you as a gift why you got into fly fishing and it's because of the day that you disremembered can we talk a little bit about those events and exactly what that day it what that day means to you yes um yeah it was it was funny because uh the whole fly fishing thing it wasn't so much i didn't want to go it was i i've i've always had a problem with um 
you know, working too much. And, uh, and it, you know, it, it really, I guess it's more driven by whatever I'm doing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really into it and it's, you know, it's, um, it's what I spend my time and energy on. And, um, you know, whether it was training and racing sled dogs, you know, years ago or, you know, work. And so, um, so I, I was late cause I was, you know, I got up and I was, you know, um, had some emails I had to, re- well, felt like I had to reply to. And, um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, I got to do this before I go in. So that's kind of, you know, my typical thing, which is, you know, work kind of always hovering over me. Um, and, and I enjoy it, you know, like a lot of people, you know, they say negative things about being behind the desk and stuff. I mean, I, I love what I do and, and I love work. And so, uh, there hasn't been anything that was able to give me balance to pull me away from work to go, well, you have to have time away from work. Um, you know, you, you can't just work all the time it's, and it's very stressful. So that's kind of what led up to my wife, you know, um, trying to find something that, you know, that I would be passionate about besides, you know, working. And, and so that's where fly fishing fit in where she booked, a a trip for my birthday. And after that, you've been, what you've been hooked. Yeah. The, I mean, the first time I went, it reminds me of the first time I went on a sled dog ride, I guess you could call it where I heard about this person that had sled dogs and I was super intrigued. I was like amazing to me, you know, cause I had grown up in, um, uh, South Minneapolis and now I'm, I'm, I'm in Northern Minnesota and, so I go out there and I, um, uh, they said they were going on a 30 mile training run. I, I got in the sled. I just went over to look at the dogs. They asked if I wanted to go for a ride. So I hopped in the sled. And, um, at that time, I mean, I had no money, so I wasn't sure how I was going to do this. Um, I, I think I was like 16 or something. And, um, the whole time I'm riding in the sled, it was like a three, three hour, you know, deal. I'm like this, I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. And fly fishing, the first day I went fly fishing, it was the same thing. Um, not I'm going to be a guide. Uh, although if this would have happened maybe 30 years ago, is you know, maybe that's what I'd be doing. But um, I was, I instantly was like, I, I'm, I'm going to start fly fishing. You know, this is amazing. Well, and it's really helped with um, the recovery of the day that you disremembered. Can we talk about that day? Um, what exactly happened the day that you forgot or couldn't remember? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, it was a, a weird experience. It was especially scary for um, Bobby Joe, my wife. Uh, we had gone on vacation, um, actually a cruise, and we decided to stay a couple days in Miami um, before we flew home and we're in the hotel and, uh, I, I go out on the balcony and I, I do remember saying, you know, why, uh, we should have, this is amazing out here. It's, it's a view over the ocean. We're like, I don't know how many floors up, 20 floors up. And I said, we should have spent more time out here, um, enjoying the view. And, uh, Bobby Joe said, we have, um, we've eaten breakfast out there. We, we had dinner out there and, uh, I said, I don't want to scare you, but I don't remember any of that. 
Like you just couldn't remember breakfast or dinner or anything? No. So then she started asking me questions about the last few days and including the cruise. And I don't remember any of it. And then she asked me things further back. Um, I, I do know that we have kids. I know like, you know, things from years ago, but you know, at the, at the time it was kind of like, you know, probably six months at least from the questions that she's asking that I don't, uh, remember anything. Um, and, uh, and so she thought I was having a stroke. So, um, she rushed me to rush me to the hospital. And so, and at this time, what were you, what was going through your mind when you were like, I can't remember, were you panicking at all? Or were you just thinking like, Oh, this is just, I'm just forgetting at this moment. Or you knew that there was something that was obviously wrong. Well, that's the weird thing is I'm at that point. My, um, my memory is resetting every five-ish minutes, five, 10 minutes. And so um, what did I feel? Was I scared? I I mean, you know, (laughs) I can't really answer it because like in the moment I have this, this time frame where I'm very aware of what's happening, but then it's just resetting. And so when I said, I I, I don't want to worry you, I don't remember any of that, like in that moment, you know, um, um, I'm worried because I don't remember any mm-hmm. of what, you know, she's saying. And, um, and then it, it, be- it became worse because I really just have that memory. And then I, f- I feel like I remember walking through the lobby, but it might've been when we came back. Um, so basically from that point, um, about eight hours, in the hospital and everything, you know, that's, I don't remember any of that part, um, of what was going on. And, and so that's why I say it's, you know, most in the moment scariest for Bobby Joe, because, you know, she has no idea what's going on. Right. I mean, she it, has know, the memory of it. She yeah, actually can remember the day that you disremembered, but you can be like, well, I, I don't really remember exactly what conversations were happening with doctors and, how long this was going to take. I imagine the unknown was, must've been terrifying for her. Yes. Yeah. And and so, um, it's, uh, transient global amnesia, which, uh, has nothing to do with travel. Um, but they don't really know a whole lot about it. And it's actually nothing that you diagnose. It's, um, you do a bunch of tests and rule out a bunch of things. And that's, that's what it has to be. And so when they, you know, is it a stroke and, you know, and MRIs and, you know, all these different things to rule out a bunch of things. Once they did a couple of them at that point, they pretty much knew what it was, but they had to rule out a few other things. And so it's a, um, it's an interesting thing uh, because they don't, they don't know what causes it. There are some, you know, common threads of, uh, you know, which is what they asked me, you know, do you have migraines? Yes, I do. Um, it's, is that, it's actually a form of a migraine, how it okay. affects your, you know, your brain. And, um, you know, do you have stress in your life? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and so, and do you know, do you work a lot? And, and kind of all these things, I had like all the things that, you know, are typically common with, um, when this happens to somebody. And, and so like, do you have any memories? I mean, like, are there some memories that you can't remember or did you get them all back after like 
the eight hours? Yeah, so they, uh, that's a good question because they said I, I probably will um, or could, uh, but I didn't. So I still like, so they, which would have been cool, I, I think, <laughs> to have those memories, but um, I got everything back except that eight hours. So I, I still don't remember anything uh, during that eight hours. And I know you said that there's like signs of like, you know, they don't know how, what, causes it but there's like signs that like this is what it is what were those like you said it was like migraines um yeah stress yeah so kind of common things of people that have gotten um transient global amnesia uh migraines are very common the people that get them they have migraines um they have you know stress in their life which if it's work or relationships or whatever, you know, you know, stress and, um, working a lot, sleep, um, kind of affects it as well. And so there's those common things where people that have, have gone through this experience have one or several of those things. What I love about the document, the documentary that you created, which I'm really curious is, you know, you tied this in so beautifully with fly fishing, um, what made you decide to tell this story and tie like why why the connection with fly fishing when creating this documentary? Well, um, it's interesting because I've been trying to write a memoir. I, I'm fortunate, you know. I've had I've had an interesting life, and um, I like to write, uh, though I'm not, you know, I don't know that I'm a good writer, or you know, certainly not trained in it. But I've been kind of struggling through writing a memoir really for myself. And then, you know, maybe if it is enjoyable to read, you know, great, but, you know, kind of more, you know, for myself really. And, and, um, had put it to the side cause it was difficult. It's just been difficult. So when this happened, um, it was kind of a way where I could, uh, I thought, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll make a, um, you know, a short, a short film. And at that point, I really didn't know uh, it was going to be fly fishing. It was going to be about this transient global amnesia. Um, I knew that part of it. I didn't know what, what else I would get into. And Rob, who did all the footage uh, on the river, you know, he asked me several times for a shot list. Um, he knew about the transient global amnesia. He didn't know about anything else, and I kept telling him I'd get him a shot list, and I never did because I, I really didn't know, you know, where I was going with this, which sounds weird, but it's just it's it's what happened. Um, so he so he filmed, and he did a phenomenal job, uh, amazing, especially considering he really didn't know what was <laughs> what this whole you know 15 minutes was going to be, and then at that point, you know, it was really me, I, I wrote everything of, um, what I wanted to talk about and then almost stopped a couple times, uh, cause I wasn't sure how personal I wanted to get. And then, you know, ultimately I was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm an extreme introvert, uh, extrovert and, and, um, in the right setting, I'm, I'm very open about, you know, things. I mean, I don't have a problem with telling people, you know, I never went to high school and, you know, some of these details, it doesn't bother me in the least. 
And so I just thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of tell my whole story. And uh, ultimately, you know, the fly fishing, the reason is because um, that, uh, that gave me something that um, even though I was like, well, I could work on this. I mean, sure. Yeah. It could wait till Monday, but I could, you know, get this done. And if I get this done, then I could work on this. And um, it, it was the only thing that could go, you know what, this can wait. I'm going to go fly fishing. And, um, and so it was a big part of being able to uh, have less stress in my life because the doctor did say, um, you know, you can't keep doing what you're doing. Um, you, you have to make some changes. And one of those big changes is now is fly fishing. And I think what you say, um, I, I think that you shared your story so beautifully. And I think it's always such a vulnerable place when you share your story, especially events in your life that are incredible. I mean, um, losing your mom in such a violent way at age eight and, you know, kind of coming up and having to really come out like as a Phoenix, you know, you come up with an, a name and you have a family and you rise above it, but then there's still these obstacles that seem to come your way. But I love the way that you, the, the footage that you have used to tie in the story with fly fishing, because there's some type of elegance that is in your documentary and especially the fish release, I think you did brilliantly. And also, I think it's incredible that you caught such beautiful fish because I feel like I've worked in outdoor television and anytime we had a fly fishing show, it was like fish turned off. No one was going to catch any fish. And so um, it was that intentional for you to kind of show this experience of like out in the water. It was interesting because the, the film was selected in a film festival in North Carolina and it's not an outdoor one. It's not fishing. It's, you know, I think I can't remember, like 20 years uh, they've done the festival, um, you know, documentary, short, long um, animation, like everything. And, and Bobby Joe and I went, we were available to go. So we went and what was interesting is one of the questions. So any of the filmmakers that went, um, they did a Q and a and, um, uh, one lady asked about the release and if that was, uh, purposeful for the film. And I said, no, that's catch and release. Like, you know, when you're, when you're fishing out there, um, you know, these are fish that, you, you know, I'm probably going to run into again. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've definitely caught, you know, uh, the same fish, uh, months later, the next year. Um, and so, uh, when I release them, I mean, you know, sure. Maybe it was, you know, slowed down a little bit more, but that's how I release, you know, trout. Uh, I don't plunk them back in. And, and so, um, they were very, uh, intrigued by that because they had never seen that before. Um, and so I said that just a part of the process and, and, and there's a neat connection with catching the trout and then, you know, letting them go is a, is a, you know, it's a big part of it. I, I love eating fish. Um, I've, you know, grew up fishing, you know, with a mm-hmm. um, bait tackle and I never was that into it, but I enjoyed it. And um, fly fishing, 
um, how technical it is and the catch and release part of it is, um, I don't know, probably hard to put into words, but it's, it's a neat connection and experience that you have on the river and with the, with the trout. Yeah. How did you feel when the documentary was finished, edited, and you watched it for the first time? Or I guess you probably watched it through the process, but how did you feel once it was completed? Uh, so I had these different, um, as I mentioned, I, I wrote all the parts uh, and I had kind of a sequence I was thinking about. And then Tim Myers up in Canada, um, who, you know, both Rob and Tim and, and my brother uh, Jacob did the interview parts. Uh, but I had met uh, Tim in New York at uh, Douglas Outdoors, who's you know, one of my, um, I'm an ambassador for them, a, a fly rod company. And, and they have some, a section of the salmon river. Um, so I went fishing and I, that's where I met Tim and I told him about the, uh, transient global amnesia, but nothing else. And he was fascinated. And he's like, you know, if you need someone to edit it, I, I would love to do that. And, and so when I sent him all the footage, um, and the recording, um, I mailed it up to him and he was going through it. He's like, Hey, what happens if we take this section and put it here? And, um, and he's the one that I had certain parts of footage that I wanted in the film. Uh, but a lot of it where it wasn't exact and he, you know, he took everything at it. You grabbed different sections of the footage we had, um, the photos I sent him and, I was, yeah, uh, amazed at how it turned out. And how do you feel now that people have watched it and you've gotten some like feedback? How does that make you feel? Well, I, th- I the definitely the um, the part that I I'm glad that I did it is because I've had a lot of people reach out to me that I know, you know, through Instagram. I don't know them personally, um, or or yeah. I, sh- I should say, I haven't met them. And they told me their story and it was like, wow. So you've met other people that have had the transient global amnesia? Oh no. Uh, just their story, their story that is as, you know, profound and, um, tragic and meaningful and amazing. Um, they just, you know, have, you know, through, um, we, I've talked on the phone to some, but like, you know, messages and, and tell me very, you know, personal things and then how fly fishing fits in their life. And, um, so that's, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome because so much of fly fishing or social media in general is, you know, really just about, you know, the big fish you catch and the trips you go on. And it's very, um, I mean, I don't know, superficial, I guess, or, mm-hmm. or just it on the, certainly the can be that way. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that people, some people are so negative about social media, but you know, you're just seeing kind of a glimpse of, of something. And, um, and so many people have, you know, fly fishing means something so more to them than just fly fishing and catching fish, which is, you know, yes. which is, you know, what I told in, in my story, um, and a lot of other people 
um, have done that. And so I, I'm actually working on two different projects, uh, other films. I mean, I don't, I'm not a filmmaker, but I'm <laughs> now I'm working on a couple. I'm, I'm working on a couple films. And Ooh, what um, are they about? So um, they're they're about. After I did this and people started messaging me, I thought, um, why not tell people's fishing story? Um, yeah. Why why they fly fish, and um, and and find those stories because there's a bunch of them, and so there's two different ones uh, that I'm working on. Uh, have all the footage done uh, for Sun Tao um, and his military background and fly tying, and then. Um, John Easton, uh, who's a guide, and um, I, I won't get into that, but he has an amazing story um, of uh, growing up and, you know, kind of really what he got into and the track that he was on, really destructive, and then how fly fishing came into his life. And so I thought, what, why not, you know, just kind of do the same thing and, and tell people's story? Those are the my favorite ones to watch, you know, obviously been through fly fishing film tours and the best stories are the ones where there's actually a, a story that needs to be told, kind of like yours, where you're like, who are these people? Why are they doing what they're doing? And um, like how how they how do they become where they're at in this point in their lives? And I think that's what makes your story so well is that it wasn't about fishing. It's a lot more than just fishing, which like you had pointed out, um, fly fishing is that for a lot of people, it's not really about catching fish. It's really about connecting. Will we expect those films to be coming out like in 2022? I'm hoping one of them comes out before the end of the year. Okay. And then the other one will be uh, the beginning of next year. Um, I, I have a goal to do a couple a year. We'll see if I can. Um, That's great pull that off. And so I'm glad it's nice to hear you and enjoy that. And, um, and I know a lot of people do, you know, I had somebody go, eh, people don't want to see, <laughs> literally told me that people don't want to see that they want, you know, like excitement and they want like, you know, fish, that's what they want to see. And I was, as a younger person, I'm like, you know, okay. Oh, geez. You work on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping to do a couple of them a year. We'll see. And, you know, they're just going to be kind of the, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and you know, uh, if, if they want to, after they see the finished product, we'll submit them to, you know, the different, uh, festivals, but mainly I would love to see, um, I'd love to see like, you know, 20, 30, 40 stories of people all over the country of, uh, why they fly fish and, and how fly fishing has impacted their lives. I absolutely love it. I, I'm going to keep my my ears and eyes open for that. But let's talk because the uh, the day I just remembered is up for voting. Can we talk a little bit about how people can put their votes in and where where they can sign up to vote for the day I just remembered? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be awesome. It was uh, it was pretty um, it's pretty awesome to get an email. Um, to uh, get nominated uh, for the, I don't even know, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Stimmies? The Stimmies? Yeah, S-T-I-M-M-I-E, right? I-E-S, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> go and, to your go to right. your Instagram and click the link. <laughs> right. So I ha- I have the link in my um, Instagram uh, profile, or you can go to filmfest.com and um, and there's the Stimmy Awards link there, and they picked twelve. Uh, Films and what's cool about this is this is um, a vo- this is a virtual vote. This is voting. Um, the other films that they have are picked by, and I didn't I didn't submit it um, to the nor the normal one. Um, Should have I didn't. Uh, so then what they do is they take um, other films that they. Uh, liked and saw that people were talking about and there's 12 of them and then the popular vote um gets the angler's choice award and gets included in the 2022 um international fly fishing film festival so it's included films so incredible yeah yeah so awesome to be i mean there there's there are 12 you know 11 other awesome films um, so it's great to be included with those. Uh, but yes, uh, you can, people can vote for mine if they want <laughs> or watch, watch all so, of it. Oh, and it's so easy to vote. Like I have to say, like I went on the, you know, I clicked it and I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up. And it's so easy. It just says vote now, like next to on the bottom, it's like a blue button. You click vote now, you type in your email and then it's done. It says your vote has been counted. I was like, wow, that was like the easiest thing I've ever had to like put my vote in. And then I think you have to click to make sure you're not a robot. But other than that, that was, it was so easy to vote for. Um, And I do recommend everyone to go out there, watch this video because there's also I didn't want to tell too much of your story because I think there should be some little surprises um, in this video because also the the cinematography doesn't even do it justice. Um, I do have to say I was laughing when and and it's because you say that you love winter fly fishing and I do not. But I you were like I love when my hands get cold and tying a fly and I was thinking to myself those are the things I do not like to do and um, I think it just kind of shows the resilience that you have um, when it comes to fly fishing as well. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, growing up in northern, well, Minneapolis and then northern Minnesota um, later. Uh, and, and the cold and, and, you know, 12 years of training and racing sled dogs, which is a, you know, a whole nother story in itself. Uh, my, I just do well in the cold and I, and I enjoy it. And, um, and so fly fishing in the winter time, you know, and there's a lot of places you can do that in Colorado. We have the, the tailwaters, uh, below the reservoirs that stay open, you know, about two miles of it. And so, um, I, I fish year round. I, I fish, I mean, every week, uh, all year. And so, um, I really enjoy winter. There's less people. Um, and there's all these, you know, other, uh, elements that added even more difficult. Um, but it's, it's more rewarding and, and I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I rarely wear gloves when I'm, I mean, I always take my gloves off to release fish, of course, but, you know, just, uh, I start out with gloves and then I'll catch a fish, take them off, release it. And then I start fishing. And next thing you know, I haven't put my gloves back on. Um, 
you know. How long uh, will you be out there? I'm just curious because my hands would be frozen after the first catch. I, catch, I'd be like, "This is great." Now let's let's head back. I'm gonna get some hot cocoa or coffee, warm my hands back up. Yeah, I fish. Uh, um, I, I mean, my typical day, I, I don't fish like morning to evening. So my typical day is starting, you know, earlier. And then, of course, in the winter, shorter days. But you know, get getting out there early. And sometimes in the winter, you you can't be too early because it's just too cold. Uh, and then I fish till about eh, two or three. You know, it's typically what I do. Um, you know, the places I fish, it doesn't have reception. So, uh, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah. I can't, I can't be on my phone. There's no distractions. It took me a bit and there's lots of times where I'm driving going, you know, really I, there's stuff I should be working on and I go. And once I get out on the river, you know, maybe the first part, I'm lots of things racing through my mind about, you know, things I need to get done and other stuff. And, and then eventually it's just, it's all gone. And there's never a time where I went fishing and came back and thought, you know, man, um, I, sh- I should have been home, you know, working. Uh, everything's there and nothing is that urgent uh, that needs to be done. So it's definitely, uh, definitely recharges and um, relaxes, relaxes me. I couldn't agree more. Um, do you ever get nervous that the transient global amnesia could happen again? Is that ever in the back of your mind? Like, I feel like if I had that incident, I would constantly be asking myself to remember things just to make sure that I still had them. When, when I first got back, um, it took me a while because, uh, and it was very difficult. Um, and I, and I do talk about, about this, but, uh, you know, probably the best example is, you know, when you, I mean, at least me, I I think everybody can relate in some way where, you know, you see somebody and you know who they Mm -hmm. are and you're like, what what is their name? Oh man, I can't think of their name. That just, you know, really bothers you. Or you're thinking about a, an actor in a movie, who is that? And, you know, and, and, and then it just, it's, plaguing you until you just like look it up and then or you think of it and then it's like this relief you're like oh that's who it is (laughs) and so when I got back um uh that same plaguing of that eight hours of my memory um would uh bother me and I'd wake up at all Oh, hours of the night, and um, and I also found myself waking up, and then my first reaction was to think about what happened the last few hours, what happened the past day, yeah. um, to kind of go, okay, I, I can remember. And so there was definitely a time frame afterwards that that bothered me, and I worried, but I don't, I didn't really. Um, I didn't really worry as much after that about it. Bobby Joe was worried when I would travel for work uh, to visit a client. She would, you know, worry like what happens if that happened when you were at the airport or, you know, in town um, after visiting a client, you wouldn't know how to, you know, you wouldn't know what to do or where to go. Um, So she was really worried about it. Um, you know, I tend to be fairly well at putting things behind me, 
um, <laughs> maybe sometimes in an unhealthy way of just like, you know, burying Move it, forward. you know, yeah. And then it <laughs> comes up later, but you know, putting stuff, uh, uh, behind me. Um, and so, so, you know, now, you know, years later, I, I, I don't, it's interesting. I did send this film. There is a transient global amnesia, um, or, uh, I guess it's called a support group. Um, I'm not a, a part of it. I came across it. I sent him the film, but um, wow. yeah, you know, like if you read people's stories, like people are pretty like this shakes them pretty good. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not discounting it. I mean, I think it's great that they have support groups and I totally, I totally get it. Um, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't affect me long-term like it does for them, but there's people that it's rare to have it a second time, but there are people that have it, have had it a second time. There's people that have, you know, like they're, yeah. I mean, they're still like, they, they, I don't know. They say they have, you know, emotional problems and, you know, other problems that, you know, it, it like really affected their lives. So, um, the human body is incredible. I mean, it really is. I remember reading this book called uh, Mind on Fire. And um, this, basically her brain just got sick and she couldn't, um, she thought like her body was on fire. Like she was seeing bugs and it was really like there was some kind of brain, her brain was having some fluids. And it's amazing that, and she's recovered but in this book, but it's just incredible what the brain and the body can do and heal and also to protect itself, you know, and I imagine your brain was protecting itself to shut down. Like I am burned out. Like we're going to hit the reset button. We're going to click that button, unplug and replug back in. And we're going to start again. Cause I'm, I'm exhausted. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, our, um, our bodies are amazing and, uh, and definitely, you know, can only handle, you know, I mean, well, he can handle a lot, but then, you know, can only handle so much. And so right. there's certainly ways that it says, you know, you, you can't keep, you can't be, keep doing this. Um, yeah. My migraines definitely are triggered by um, stress and lack of sleep um, from stress. Um, and, and, and really when it hits me, I'm out for a day um, and it's bad and it's, and every time it happens, it's, you know, it's like, I should have started seeing it and pulling back instead of like, you know, my body going, you can't keep doing this. You need a day. Yeah. So is there ways that you can start? Like, did you, when you start seeing those days coming or like, okay, I need to start maybe going fishing. I need to like stop, or maybe I need to tie a fly. Um, or like when you start seeing that, is that something that you tend to fall to is fly fishing? No, I just, you're just like, I'm going to keep going through. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I don't learn very well. Um, <laughs> my fishing definitely, you know, plays into it and helps, but no, when it, it happens, I mean, it's, I'm more of a, you know, yeah, look back and uh, should have pulled back. Wish, wish I it, could have, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always been a all or nothing person. I've always been a, you know, hundred percent, you know, and it's, and it's not, I mean, I own a business now and have employees and, 
Um, yeah. And people. That's a lot of stress. Yeah. You know, and, but, you know, it's funny because people will, you know, say, oh, yeah, well, you know, well, you own a business, so I understand. And it, it, they don't because when I worked for other people, I was the same way. Um, the, sa- the same amount of drive, the same amount of, you know, work ethic. Just wired. You yeah, give it all just, or nothing. Yeah, you know, so. And I was going to ask if people are wanting to um, follow you and also um, learn more about uh, and watch the film, um, what is a Instagram account? Yeah, so my Instagram is Chris J. Hansen, H-A-N-S-O-N. And um, you can, so right now the link for voting and you can also watch it as well on that same page that's uh, the links in my profile or if you go to YouTube um, you know you can search for the day I disremembered I do have it on YouTube but uh, if you use the link you know currently then you can uh, vote um, and uh, yeah and you know and what, love, the voting goes until October 8th? 7th and then they okay. announce they announce the winner on the 8th Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcasts and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spend, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.